Blog Talk Good evening, Radio. Everyone. Good evening, everyone, and thank you to Working for a Living inaugural show. It is our first show here this evening, and we have a few guests coming on. Uh, we're going to have Jeff Brown and Terry Crowell Norris. Uh, have confirmed, and Roberta Gaynor uh, has uh, still uh, yet to confirm uh, for today. Uh, but we'll see if she can make it or not. I uh, want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you, and we have a lot to cover tonight for your benefit. Uh, also, I uh, want to say that this show is about working men and living. And uh, it is beholding only the working men and women and uh, no one else. The membership in unions and those workers who are not union members. Uh, We do have an emphasis on the UAW because most of the guests here uh, and co-hosts are uh, part of the UAW. And we're going to focus a lot on that. But having said that, I see Jeff Brown. I believe it's him. I will get him on the show and uh, get him live. Uh, hello, Jeff. Can you hear me? Hi, Leroy. How are you doing? I'm pretty good, Jeff. It's really nice to hear you on the show tonight. Uh, it's well, a privilege and an honor to have you here, actually. So uh, it uh, promises to be a good show. We talked a little bit about what we're going to uh, discuss here on the show. I was just saying that the show is not beholding to anybody, but more importantly, the workers of the United States and around the world, anybody who's working for a living, that's who we're beholding to. No other organizations, and we do hold ourselves to a a standard that's worthy of their support uh, and listening to us. So, uh, Jeff, you got anything to add to that yourself? Uh, we're trying to educate as many people as we can on the issues. There is a lot of uh, false information out there in the world about unions and the UAW in particular, and we're here to straighten that out for some of the people who may have questions or may be afraid to ask the right question. But uh, we are here as an educational uh, group and. Please call in, ask any question you want, and we'll take care of it for you. Certainly, and we're monitoring the email as well, uh, so we appreciate any emails that might come in uh, that we have uh, not gotten anything here yet this evening. We did have some throughout the weekend earlier, but they're uh, really uh, uh, not worthy of uh, uh uh, reading on the air, so it's just one of those things that happen. And so for now, we'll just uh, look for any new emails that may come in. So, uh, the uh, uh, brother by the name of Tom Laney has asked that this uh, be built around the Article Two, uh, United Auto Workers Constitution Objects, Article Two, Sections One to and four, and uh, I'll I'll get into those as we get through our uh, list of information. But uh, this is a real uh, good foundation for uh, the show and for any other 
uh, efforts that we put forth uh, regarding working for a living. Uh, it is uh, something we have a Facebook page. Please join it. Uh, you can see uh, that Facebook page on the posts around the Internet and on Blog Talk Radio itself. We also have a website, Working for a Living, uh, the same name, uh, .com, uh, workingforaliving.com. That's still pretty much under construction, but it promises to be full of very good information that will not roll down the blog uh, and will be available for all to see for uh, in perpetuity. I intend to fund that in perpetuity as well. We have some new people here online. Uh, let's see if we have uh, Terry Crow Norris. Uh, welcome to the show. Let me get you live here. Well, welcome, Terry. Can you hear us? Yep, I can yeah. hear you. Hi, guys. Yeah, hi, Terry. Uh, you got any comments to add about our, our new show tonight? Well, I mean, I just got on, so I don't know where you started. One, I'd like to say thank you for taking the time to try to pull all this together. I think these forums are important uh, during contract negotiations. Uh, we have a convention coming up in a in two years. So all will lead up, and hopefully we can provide some good information to people, at least some interesting discussions. Yes, we uh, we have a uh, uh, a lot of uh, folks in the switchboard. I'm not exactly sure who they are just now. I'll try and screen those and see if they're folks that we uh, uh, know, and we'd like to get them on as well. Uh, but for now, we have uh, Terry and Jeff here. And uh, um, uh, you know, if you have anything else to, to add to that, Terry, I mean, I know it's a very valuable forum for us to. Get in, uh, information out to people who are listening. Uh, I would uh, uh, add that uh, uh, we have again we branded this with uh, a Facebook page, a uh, Facebook website dot com working for a living, and the email for those who are listening is, is working for a living at working for a living. Uh, so uh, I think Roberta's here. Uh, if you don't mind, let me try and get Roberta up. Uh, I believe this is her. Hello, Roberta. Is that you? Yes. Hi, Roberta. Hi, Brother Leroy. Well, welcome to the new show. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I, I should sort of introduce you to some of the others who don't know you that well. Roberta is uh, from uh, Tonawanda, New York. She was a trustee at that local for a while, and a Temporary International Staff uh, Region 9 for quite a while. She's working in the plant and uh, a very solid uh, addition to our show here. Uh, the others on the show are uh, Terry Crowell Norris uh, and Jeff Brown and myself. Uh, so Roberta Gaynor, uh, if you want to say a few words about the new show and maybe introduce yourself a little better than I did, please do so. No, I think you introduced me well, and I am excited about the show because I think um, this forum is necessary. We have a lot of things going on in our plants, and um, just uh, have people have the opportunity to say some things and, um, you know, maybe help each other in our day-to-day -day work activities. So 
I think I am looking forward to this, and especially with you, Brother Leroy, because you bring so much insight into the history of our local union, I mean, our, our union movement, and, um, you know, how we can proceed forward and make this a better union. Well, well thank you, Roberta, but I, I don't want that focus to be on me because I'm uh, here to tell everyone, all the listeners, that the team assembled here this evening has decades of experience in leadership, representing members, and working hard in the plants themselves. So Jeff has uh, been a shop committee, a committee, a shop committee, a trustee in his local union himself, and continues to work on the line. Terry Crowell Norris brings in executive board experience from building trades as well. So these are folks that have, I'm telling you, just immense amount of ability and experience. And this isn't just about me. I'm pulling this together, but I'll tell you something. We got some talented people on this show tonight, and uh, uh, you'll notice that we have a real nice, uh, diverse, diverse balance, gender and racial balance on this show, and we intend to keep that. Uh, with, with hey, Leroy. Here and, yes, ma'am. I need to correct you. It wasn't the building trade that was a uh, machinist. Um, okay. All right. I'm, I'm sorry, Terry. That's okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but you still have that experience, though, you know, <clears throat> despite that I got the union wrong. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um, uh, Terry, do you have anything else to add? Uh, uh, just I just try to you, get you, a, a feel yeah. here, you know, what direction, you know, people want to go in and uh, – Hopefully, okay, as sure. as the weeks go by, we'll have the listeners uh, sending some emails or calling in with some questions or comments, some of the things that are going on. Right now, what we see going on in, in some of the states is voter suppression. And I know that the politics are a hot topic at this time. Some people think we should probably stay away from that. And, you know, I'm not uh, going to sit here and endorse the candidate, but we will certainly have to take part in, in the process because those are people that end up making laws that we all have to live by, and um, we should be out there. It is our duty under our Constitution to uh, be out in the communities and fighting for people's rights. You know, social justice is what we're supposed to stand up for, and uh, some of these uh, voter suppression laws that have been passed. We, we saw Wisconsin uh, and um, the Carolinas where people were waiting for a long time to vote. You know, so these are some of the things that, you know, I think that we should be looking at too. And I don't know in anybody else's plant, but I know in my plant we're not really educating the members, you know, as to what's going on in the legislature. And to me, that's one of the most important things for us as union people. Um, they might have the money, like they always said, they got the money. We have the people, you know. Uh, and we certainly have the ability when we join forces with other unions to to stop some of that, you know, really bad legislation. And, and by providing our members the correct information, not just, 
the stuff you see throughout the Internet. You know, uh, we have people that will get out there and, and work at it. Correct. I, I agree with you, Terry, uh, in the sense that we are obligated by the UAW Constitution uh, and that's sort of a template for this show uh, to be involved in politics. Now, uh, I would add that we probably ought to focus on just those people who are uh, supportive of working men and women and perhaps bring out some of those uh, issues where the folks are not supportive of working men and women. But this show will be about supporting men and women. And as we go through this, you'll note that uh, over time, that legislation affects us is labor in a very, very poignant way. And I agree with you totally, Terry. We do not want to avoid talking about candidates and issues and how uh, the issues are for the uh, candidates them, themselves. So uh, we sure appreciate uh, your input regarding that. Uh, so, um you know, Terry, I, I know you have some opinions, and I'm going to throw one out there. I mean, she, so everybody knows, Terry works at 9 o'clock tonight, and she still has to prepare for work and uh, drive into work to be there at 9. So we're going to kind of have her at the beginning of the shows uh, as long as she could choose to, show, to stay. But uh, I'm going to throw this one out for you, Terry, and then maybe some other folks can comment on it uh, later on. Uh, Jeff and Roberta, uh, but this is uh, the UAW assets have fallen 3.7% to a reported $935.6 million at the end of 2015. The, the uh, reports on the LM2 uh, came out on Wednesday, so that's one of the things that was out there. Do uh, you have any thoughts on that, Terry? Well, I mean, when you have temp workers working in there and new entry level. Uh, uh, I didn't see that figure, but uh, it doesn't surprise me any. Um, I think uh, it, it's interesting to, to see how many people have stopped paying their dues um, or at least cut a portion of them. I know we have some people on our job site that, you know, have uh, been passing out paperwork to stop a portion of their due to go toward uh, CAP, which I think is a bad idea, and I think I stated that just a minute ago, you know, by being involved in the legislative process. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there um, on that, but uh, that's neither here nor there. People seem to think they're disenfranchised. They seem to think that if they if they stop paying their dues, that it, it's going to force the international to to just miraculously think the way that they all think. That's just not going to happen. But um, back to the the drop in the dues. With all these people now retiring, I think you're going to see another hit. Uh, you have it, it, it's just obvious. Twenty five uh, percent is is still the top, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, uh, the cap on new entry level, um, but there's no cap on uh, temp workers. So 
you know, you have uh, a large section of people now not paying dues money, you know. So uh, 3.5% is a pretty substantial number. It'll be interesting to see if there's adjustments that are made up north on that. Did I lose you? I'm still on. No, you're 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 on. You're on. You're on. I was I was screaming at somebody, Terry. No problem. Uh, and we've got Art <laughs> Peterson's right. in the wings with us as well. So uh, okay. Yeah, Terry. I think you're you're spot on with that. The uh, uh, everybody should know because she says up north. Uh, Terry's from the Avon Lakes plan. Is that not correct, Terry? No. No. Here, let me. Which. I'm from uh, um, the Cleveland Engine Plant at Ford oh. in uh, in Brook Park. Okay. Uh, we're Park. probably one of the, the higher seniority plants. We haven't had new hires there in a long time. When they added the new I-4 engine, uh, they started to, to hire some people. We now have some temporary people there. Uh, so it's, it's kind of... Um, <laughs> Interesting because, like I said, we're probably one of the uh, older seniority sites uh, in the Ford system out there. Unlike like Chicago, where you see a lot of entry level people. I don't I don't know about other people temp workers, but uh, I know Chrysler has quite a few. Oh. Right, right. Yes, they do. Uh, well. Terry, if you don't mind, maybe we can get somebody else in the mix here a little bit. Uh, and, Go right ahead. Uh, let's uh, uh, jump. We have an hour tonight. Uh, we can extend it if we need to. We're 18 minutes now into the show. So, Jeff, do you have comments on the uh, uh, the uh, uh, assets falling by 3.7%? That doesn't really surprise me. We've been the international union has been losing money for quite a while. Um, basically, due to their um, uh, mishandling of funds, mishandling of their spending, um, to try and organize finance in the South has cost them a lot of money. Um, we've had all those people that took buyouts back about 10 years ago, and now the since 2007, we have the two-tier, and they're not getting the dues money they once got. And so that doesn't surprise me that their, their bankroll is shrinking. I think it's going to continue to shrink, like Terry said, as more of our members retire. I know my plant, uh, just in my area alone, but I'm on the highway driver, uh, we have 14, 16 people retiring within between now and November. Um, so we're going to be adding some new heads. So the UAW um, has caused this on their own mistakes. If I that's the right word, they they are responsible for the downfall in their budget and their funds. Uh, just total mismanagement. Um when they tried to organize Volkswagen, they rented out an amusement park there just for the Volkswagen people only. So just imagine how much money that cost the International Union. 
all the trips Bob King made to other countries to get support in organizing southern plants. Danny Glover and Bob King went to South Africa to try to get support for the Nissan workers. And Bob King's made trips to Korea to support the injured workers in Korea. So they really did a lot of wasteful spending. Um, And they brought it all on themselves. Until these guys start taking a pay cut on their own. You know, they they give themselves a pay raise every convention that people need to pay attention to. It's going to continue. You're always going to continue to be giving yourself raises every every term. Um, so that's what I have to say about it. Um, just okay. Donald Thanks, Paul, Jeff. Continue spinning. Thank, thank you, Jeff. Roberta, uh, there, you want to talk on that subject, or there's another subject that, from New York uh, that's in the news this week, and that is uh, that. Uh, New York is offering paid leave to all of its citizens. Are you familiar with that, or am I sort of calling you out on that un- unknowingly here? Um, I heard a little bit about that, that they're, um, the, the governor is trying to um, um, institute a law where paid family leave is um, covered, uh, covered um, mandatory state, and um, the, the wage, increasing the uh, minimum wage. Right. Yeah, they they say uh, that they're going to try and offer 12 weeks of paid leave to its citizens. Yeah. And I can't help but reflect that the Michael Moore, new, his new movie, uh, Where to Invade Next, highlighted a lot of what the Europeans are doing regarding uh, family leave. And they're paying, you know, some of them up to eight weeks uh, for uh, a, a new newborn, I think it was, yeah. So it's interesting. You got any other thoughts on on the loss of the, the uh, assets in the UAW, Roberta? Yeah, that was news to me. I did not hear about that. Um, so I would like to look at that a little further to see, you know, what's going on and what are some of the reasons that um, the funds have been reduced. What are they paying out? You know, um, what are some of the expenses that they have been incurring? But one of the things that I would like to see um, on the show is what are some of the things that people are, what are some of the concerns of the membership concerning the new contract and some of the things that are being implemented that are coming to light other than the pay structure, you know, some of the working things that um, are coming out now that the contract is in place. Um, For instance, we have at the GM facility a lot of people that retired, um, took the um, retirement package, so they're not replacing people one for one. And so how is that impacting the membership in terms of their work assignment, their workload, um, the quality of their work life? Um, that's one of the things I want, um, you know, to hear from the membership. Another thing is that um, the convention, I believe, is in a, in a year or so um, from now next year. And what are some of the things that the membership would expect from their leadership. Um, now that, you know, we have our leaders in place, are they performing up to their expectations? And if not, what is it that the membership will want from um, the leadership? Or um, if it need be a new leadership, what is type of skills and 
um, knowledge and um, competencies that they will want from a new leadership coming in, if that's the case. We'd so like those to are a couple of things that I would like to hear from the membership um, sure, we'd like concerning to hear all the those current things. work, status, and, yeah. you know, the future. Right. Uh, it's just informed by our research department that the uh, uh, UAW membership has risen, notwithstanding that the assets have gone down, but the membership's risen by 3.1% in the year 2014. And they're, they, they're a year behind when they uh, uh, announce a lot of this stuff. So uh, I guess that's since the year 2014. So. Uh, but just uh, as a as an aside to that whole issue about money versus members uh, okay. and the quality of the pay of the members that, that we have as well. So, Roberta, those are good good uh, issues to ask. And if you find any of those in your plant, just please be you know free to bring those on the show. Uh, you know, I sure we try will. to cover some some of the issues that are contemporary in the news, but also we want. You know what's affecting working men and women in the workplace, absolutely, and and what they think the deficiencies are of the leadership or the strengths are of their leadership in the current status, and and what they might want in uh, their leadership in the future. So uh, those are I all. I haven't. Terry, uh, jump I in. I haven't. I I haven't checked on um, <laughs> the validity of this, but the. The guy that had told me this um, is a pretty straight-up guy. His brother works out at Avon, and he said they've started implementing this uh, attendance program where you give your thumbprint to check you in or something like that. And I, I don't recall, and Jeff, you can you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I certainly don't recall during negotiations that we were giving our fingerprints uh, to check in. So um, I'm trying to find out if uh, that's actually true or not, and uh, wow. which is pretty interesting. Uh, I, like I said, I certainly don't remember during negotiations anybody say, saying anything about fingerprints. That's the first time I've heard of it, Terry. I'll, I'll look myself up. Yeah, I don't know anything about a fingerprint. This is Roberta. I don't know anything about a fingerprint, but I do know that we are going to have a different type of access into the plant versus swiping the card. We, uh, it, it will scan your card um, into right. the game. That's what my under. That's what my understanding was. Uh, and actually, I thought it was the supervisors that were going to do it instead of going back to the the scanning scanning your cards, your card gets scanned now to get inside the gate. Uh, I thought it was actually your supervisor that would be scanning your card once you were on the job. Of course, my supervisor is always late, so, you know, I I wonder what that's going to do to him. You know, uh, I will try to get verification sometime this week on that. I don't know if there's anybody on the line from Avon Lake that could verify that or deny it. I don't know. <clears throat> we, we, I don't believe there's anybody on in the switchboard that might be from Avon oh. Lakes, but 
certainly that's okay. an incredible uh, occurring, you know, and and I think that you know the leadership ought to be just all over this and trying to put this in stark reflect that it's simply unacceptable to start using bio information for this type of uh, you know entrance and exit of the plants. So, you know, I I can't imagine that they're trying to do that, but I I hear you that there's a lot of things in the plant that they're going to try and implement, and it's just really, really sad that this is going on unchecked at the moment, at least. So, um, uh, Terry, you got anything else that you'd like to add? I don't want to keep you. I know you have no, to, I, you know, get ready actually, for work. I, I'm, actually, I'm doing pretty well over here, so. Uh, okay, well, I just let my, us know I when you got to go. How's that? We'll just keep rolling, rolling the conversation yeah, around between just, us. How's that? Okay. Just keep on going because I found the mute yeah. button on my phone and I can still do what I need to do. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, the uh, I want to update a little bit on uh, everybody's aware that we have some appeals rolling around out in the system, in the UAW system, regarding the election that was held and that they allowed young people who are not young members who are not in the pension plan to vote on pension plan items. Uh, and there's uh, two uh, uh, appeals. Uh, Roberta has one, and another uh, member from uh, Flint has one ongoing. Uh, and they got answers from the International UAW, and we're looking at those uh, in concert with one another so that we can uh, uh, formulate this would now uh, an, an answer that would go to the public review board uh, there uh, Art Peterson has an article 32 ethics uh, appeal ongoing uh, he's on the line but he's at work so he can't really talk on the line he's just listening uh, so those of you who might be in management listening, don't be messing with our brother Peterson over there. You got it? He's allowed to listen to his headset. So uh, he's not talking on the radio show. So having said that, but those, uh, his appeal is still uh, in uh, moving up to the International Executive Board, to my knowledge. He can update that, uh, us on that on another show when he has time away from the job. Uh, also, there's an appeal that came after the election process itself that has been answered just uh, challenging the decision to allow uh, non-pension plan members to vote on the pension plan. ERISA is very clear in their objectives as they say they uh, their objectives are to protect uh, members of benefit plans, uh, the participants in benefit plans, I think is exact language that they have. Uh, so those are ongoing. Uh, there's three that are going to be headed to the public review board in the next week or two. And uh, we're well, these just came in recently, so we're well in our limits of time. Uh, but we'll be getting the, those out for 
uh, everyone. Uh, and there's one uh, that's uh, headed up to the IEB. So that's sort of the update for those at the moment. Uh, there may be more coming, and there may be an expansion of this matter regarding the uh, allowing non-pension plan participants to be incentivized by no less than $80,000 over the course of a four-year term of the contract to vote in a positive way against good things in our pension plans. So that's the way, that's by way of the update of, of those. Uh, there's another small update, the uh, funding of the VEBA Trust. Uh, they say it rebounds. Uh, the new number is $61 billion. I believe it was down to $59 billion in assets. Uh, but that still has a $20 billion shortfall in the long-term funding of health care. And that was caused by a 2015 actuarial recalculation. Uh, and that happened in a lot of funds uh, whereby they have more participants and uh, less money uh, and the requirement for to pay out uh, more benefits. And this occurred in both healthcare funds and in pension funds as well. Uh, you know, again, we, we have the uh, Teamsters out there who are having uh, their pension plans cut uh, uh, quite a bit. So um, there's another, there's a number of other things in the news. Uh, I wasn't able to get this to everybody. Uh, this uh, little crib sheet that I made. Uh, anybody else have any news that they want to uh, talk about? Uh, regarding uh, what happened this past week, and uh, Jeff, you got anything? Um, not off the top of my head. Um, okay. It's been kind of quiet on the home front, other than a lot of my my brothers and sisters are retiring. I don't have the exact number, but there's quite a few in my plan. Um, I wanted to share with you the definition of a activist. Oh, thank find you. it again. Um, let me find it. So keep going until I find it. <laughs> I okay. Just yeah, that, I saw your post that you you did that a week or so ago, and I uh, I'm, I think the listeners will really benefit by by hearing hearing that. Uh, so. Uh, that's that's a real nice thing. Um, Roberta, do you have any other news from your plant that you'd like to share with us or anything there around the, the country that you've uh, heard that's going on in the way of labor? Um, no, just the, the idea. He said a lot of uh, our um, coworkers are retiring. We had 99 at our plant that um, accepted the um, incentive package to retire. And the problem we're having is that they were given um, dates, either March 1st, April 1st, or May 1st. And um, it's not uh, enough time to train new people in doing the job. So we're having a shortage because the corporation will not hold a person back. Once you're given that date, you go on that date. So if you're needed to um, stay back and, re and train someone, they're not allowing that to happen. So that's 
you know, we're concerned about that. We're concerned about people not being fully prepared to take over, you know, once the person retires and to be fully trained. So that's a big issue with us that, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at. I don't know if there's much we can do about it, but, you know, once you get that date, um, the corporations are saying they have to go. We're not holding anybody back for training. So that's right, I agree. I, we have the same problem. We have the same problem. Yeah. Are they replacing them one for one? Not that I know of, that they're not replacing them one for one. No. They're not. So they're still harvesting the workforce in a way that's just more creative now, just by saying we're not going to replace retirees. What about Terry? Terry, in your plant, are they re- replacing them one for one, or what, do you have any idea? You know, I I don't know. What, I really don't know what they're doing, to be honest with you. Um, uh-huh. Nobody ha- nobody has said anything, and I don't see them replacing them one for one. I see them overloading jobs, and uh, I've not seen anybody yet at this point know how to fight a speed-up. Um, you know, they go between mode apps and, um, you know, my arguments on a mode app study is not the same as a time study. Uh We've had that problem in our plants before, and uh, like I said, I don't see anybody out there that that really knows how or understands how to to fight the speed up. And we all know that the best thing to do is give the company exactly what they want under their um, OIS sheets, whatever you want to call them, throughout the system. And it'll screw them every time because they never listen. So you just give them what they want. And uh, these people on alternative work schedules, I I, I see that becoming a problem because uh, they just push, push, push. And it's fine when you're, you know, young and 18, 20 years old. But there's many of us that are twice that age and... uh, AWS schedule is bad enough, let alone uh, compound extra work on top of jobs that are probably already right to the to the to the second. You know. Right. Um, right. I got a couple questions. Is first, I suppose you should probably. There's a lot of listeners that might not know what AWS is. Uh, would you explain that how it works in your plant, Terry? Well, alternative work schedule, our plan, our production line was on um, a three crew for 11 months. We, um, I had a building chairman at the time that uh, supported a motion that was made at our union meeting. I made a motion that we support the eight-hour workday under our constitution. And then I made a motion that we petition the international to fight for the eight-hour workday, and uh, I got 600 signatures on that petition. And after 11 months, the production came off of the eight-hour or the alternative work schedule. We still have skilled trades 
in machining areas that are working for crew, which is, I think, you know, they're different how they have them set up. Uh, one week you work three 12-hour days. The next week you work five 12-hour days. And the thing that, you know, I, I there were a lot of people out there that said, well, they like it. They like to work for 10-hour days and have that third day off. Well, you know what? That was fine for people that, <clears throat> you know, had the A schedule, which was Monday through Thursday, you know. Um, but it was the other schedules that seemed to be hard on other people. And not only that, but I think one of the things that people uh, – don't understand is for years there have been studies out on job exposure, you know, after eight hours, quality falls, your quality of life falls at a certain percentage after 10 hours, after 12 hours, and and those studies are out there under NIOSHA, and I think I posted them on one of the, maybe the reform page, you know, and, and Again, it goes back to, yeah, you, you you don't see it happening until years down the line and the toll that it takes, you know, whether it's a repetitive uh, work injury, whether it's exposure, you know, like for some of the people in the machining areas. And there was a vast study that was done, people that work in, uh, I think it was the crank, crank line and the headline on uh, cancer rates. You know, so you're young, you don't think about that stuff. All you think about is, hey, I only have to work four days, you know, and I have three days off. But in the meantime, you're overexposing yourself to, you know, chemicals and uh, repetitive uh, uh, jobs. So it, it, we are absolutely not uh, educating members on that. Of course, when you have... Uh, the international that supports alternative work schedules, you know, um, what do you expect? They're not going to be teaching that either. Correct. The the alternative work schedules are really hard on folks. Uh, As an aside, uh, I had uh, personal uh, friendship with a woman who was a uh, MSW, that's a master social worker. She was published uh, in one of the journals as saying, and she did a lot of research in this project that she did, any time over nine hours, your efficiency drops right off the table. I think it's down into the high 50s after nine hours. So these folks that are scheduling these just horrendous hours with this alternative work schedule, I think some of the worst I've heard of at Chrysler where they on Monday and Tuesday work, you know, one shift and uh, Wednesday, Thursday work yet another shift and then they do uh, a, a, a yet a different shift on the weekend. Uh, I know Brother Scott Holdison uh, had mentioned in the past that he worked Easter for straight time because of his alternative work schedule over there right. at his Ford, Ford plant. So these right. are these are some really crazy things that are being done to our membership. Uh, and um, my other question for for all all three of the other uh, guests here or co-hosts here tonight uh, is um, 
uh, has anybody in their recent memory heard of the union writing a speed-up grievance when all of this harvesting the workforce is taking place, not replacing people and laying them off and doing however they harvest the workforce? Uh, uh, has anybody heard of a, a speed-up grievance? All three of you answer one at a time. I asked Terry well, I mean, first, I, filed, I, I filed uh, uh, a grievance um, <clears throat> on a job, and they ended up, you know, coming down, and the building chairman actually ended up coming down and working on the line with management um, <clears throat> on that one. But, you know, what what they did at our plant was they brought the sourcing rep down and you know if you if you look in the in the uh national agreement it tells people if you have a problem with you know the the uh work overload if there's a objection to it that the committee people are supposed to get involved you know and they just in my plant, I can tell you right now, they don't. You know, and it used to be back in the day that the committee was there, the quality rep was there, the health and safety rep was there, the ergonomics rep was there. You know, and, and today it's like they all run the other way, you know, mm. uh, because they so, don't have a clue so, how to fight it. Right. So you see that as a deficiency in union leadership at the local level. I hear you saying. Well, actually, it's, it's, you know, things do roll downhill. And yeah. if they're newly elected committee people, who's going to teach them how to do that? I think that that's one of the things, you know, there are certain questions that each committee person should need to know, and that is the overtime questions, you know, how do they pay, and personal, how to take care of personal things. But then the, one of the most important is the speed-up, how to fight a speed-up, you know. <laughs> and I don't know anybody getting any training in that. Right, None. I agree. Yeah, R- Roberta, do you have any thoughts on anybody writing a grievance up in your plant? I have not heard of a grievance being um, written. Um, there is a lot of complaints about um, the job being overloaded and the people overcycling on um, certain jobs. Um, Our um, shop committee is currently in negotiations, local negotiations, so I imagine that some of those things will be addressed during the negotiations. But another thing that she she touched on is that the training. We do have new, um, um, fairly new union um, committee people, and uh, the training is not there. The support from the um, local, I mean, from the region and the international, it's not there. The reps are spread out th- uh, thin, and just training them on basic um, um, the understanding of the contract. We have not received the contract book yet. I don't know if it's out. Um, the online is just the um, basically the white book. What about the official book? Is that available yet? The contract, the national agreement. Do you know? Does anybody know if that's available? I haven't heard it. The the uh, tentative agreement uh, was only the changes made. So yeah. there's a lot left in the agreement that's not in the in the, the so-called white pages. The you know tentative agreement because there's just weren't weren't changes made there. So 
what about, I mean, I think you have some insight regarding uh, the speed-ups causing some uh, health and safety concerns. Are there more injuries in the plant lately? Roberta, you have some insight to that, I think. You any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, injuries, um, not significant like the injuries that occurred in um, um, Defiance, but I know that they're going throughout the plants. There's the safety team. I don't know where they're from, but they're going throughout the plant looking at, you know, our safety records and some of the things that, you know, I guess that will come to their attention as they're doing the walk of the plant that may be um, a safety concern. Um, but as far as people, there's, you know, I don't know the amount of people that, are you know, have, have suffered injuries at my particular plant. I probably can get that information. But, um, you know, there is a lot of safety concerns out there um, doing, coming to work and doing your job safely, being able to do your job safely. Well, I do know that during alternative work schedules that uh, um, on the assembly line that there were uh, there was an increase in one absenteeism and two uh, more first time visits to the nurse. Um, I think that that was one of the things that helped the building chairman, if I've got it right, uh, have the alternative work schedule go back to you know a regular eight hour shift. Um, you know, and that's a whole new subject is, you know, people reporting things to the nurse. We we all know what it's like in these plans when you get hurt on a job. You know, there is, there's really no protection in there. You know, uh, the committee and, and so on and so forth, the ergonomics guy will go down there, the health and safety guy will go down there, you know, and they'll look at the job and, you know, ultimately... Uh, some adjustments might be made on whether it's a, a gun or whatever, but ultimately, you know, the older you get and the longer hours you work, the more likely you are to get hurt at work. Well, I don't see them doing, you know, I don't, I don't see them doing a whole lot to, you know, protect people in those instances. And what do you do about people that are exposed to, to chemicals? You know, yeah, the plants are, are brighter and, and look better and might smell a little bit better from time to time, but, you know, we used to do our own cooling systems. Our guys in the machining areas used to uh, clean their own cooling systems, and now those jobs are, are outsourced. So as one of the guys told me, he caught somebody putting some uh, cleaner in there that, that they were able to get the company to stop using, but now that the uh, um, other company is doing it, they're back to using whatever this cleaner is. I, I don't have the specifics on it, you know. And we have a high case of, of cancer in, in our plants, you know. So <clears throat> all the way around, I don't think it's a good idea. Right. I can tell you, Terry, that of the people I hired in with at the Pioneer Hall at Chevrolet Flint Manufacturing where the sit-down strikes took place, the people I hired in with, I'm the only one that's still alive. Oh. That hired in at my time. 
there's other people from other areas and different plants that have my seniority, but from that plant in that era, I'm the only one that's alive. They were dying like flies. Uh, we had soluble oil just hanging in the air in that plant for decades. Uh, so it's just it's just a tough environment. People think this is easy work. And oh, we're overpaid factory workers, but our longevity uh, speaks to what we're paid for sure. Uh, and uh, so, uh, uh, I think Jeff's in the wings there, <laughs> waiting to get back in here. Maybe he's got that uh, uh, issue he wanted to read to us, and, and maybe some thoughts on uh, speed ups at your plant, Jeff. Well, as far as speed ups at my plant, uh, our Work standard reps, as Ford calls them. Um, he likes to come into his desk every day and glue his butt to his chair. Um, his only answer to any speed ups is, we're going to put it in the Kansas City procedure. He doesn't even investigate the issue. Those are the only words that he knows how to say. We'll put it in the Kansas City procedure. That means if Anything happens, the employees can't get written up. I made him look real bad in one meeting when he spoke those words, and I proved the company was at fault, and we got the situation corrected. But anyway, um, as far as we need to get more younger people to be activists, and the definition of an activist is an activist is someone who cannot help but fight for something. That person is usually not motivated by a need for power or money or fame, but in fact driven slightly mad by some injustice, some cruelty, some unfairness. So much that he or she is compelled by some internal moral engine to act in to make it better. That is definition of an activist. I am been an activist for the last 28 years in my plant. Um, I will continue to be an activist. I don't support the International Union. I don't support the Region 1A. Um, I have been publicly announced that Mr. Settle, Mr. Williams, and Mr. King needed to resign several times. And Mr. Settles has a nephew who works in my plant on my shift. And he happened to ask me last week if I was retiring. I told him, no, go tell your uncle I do not plan on retiring right now and to expect more problems from me. (laughs) So um, we do need to get these second-tier people, these new hire people involved. We need to teach them um, about the contract, the Constitution, because sooner or later we're all going to be gone and they're going to be left with nothing, no knowledge, no training, no reps who don't even know how to handle any situation. So that's what I'm trying to do with my plan is just to get the younger folks involved Whenever they have a question, they always come to me and ask them before they call the 
they're real union rep out. But um, yeah. Uh, let, let me ask everybody. We have about four minutes left. Would you like to go a little bit longer tonight? Uh, you know, just uh, shout out longer. Uh, Jeff, longer. I'm going to have to go to work. I'm okay, going to have to get off to go to work at eight. Okay, Roberta, you want to stay around for a little while, or are you going to call it good about eight o'clock? We got four minutes left. Well, I, I would say eight o'clock. I have to get up early, very early in okay. the morning. Okay, that's be. fine. Uh, we'll call it eight o'clock then. Uh, it's about there's about four minutes left. Anybody got anything quick they want to say? Jeff, start off with you. I just try to encourage people about this new show and get them to listen. Um, call in or even join the Facebook page. Um, this would be very worthwhile for them to learn, and um, we're here to help. So I got Terry. Terry, uh, you know, uh, the say I'm the same thing as as Jeff. You know, just encourage people to participate in the conversation. You know, we have to keep the conversation going. Uh, the younger people, they you got to learn from somebody. We learn from somebody. I don't know about you guys, but I remember the old guys, and, you know, they're the ones that taught us, so let them do that. Or, here, you need to do this. This is how we, this is how we learn things. And uh, it, it's with conversation that will keep us moving forward, because we're certainly not moving forward. But we have to teach these younger people that uh, they got to fight for for everything because nobody's going to give you anything. Yes, I agree Thank with you. that. I think Thanks. we not Thanks. only have to teach the younger people or the new people coming in, but we have to rejuvenate the people that have been here for a while to get involved in what's going on in our workplace, what's going on in our union. And unfortunately, our um, leadership is not... Um, strengthening our education program. So it's forms like this that we need in order to educate the entire membership, young and old, as to um, what's going on and how this labor movement is changing and what are some of the things that we're responsible as members to do. So I'm looking forward to um, more participation by the membership and um, the show being an educational resource for our members. Thank you, each and every one of you. Jeff Brown from the, uh, North, or the Detroit area, Terry Crowell Norris from the uh, Cleveland, uh, Ohio area, Roberta Gaynor from Tonawanda, New York, myself from Flint and Lansing. I've worked there, retired. Uh, you know, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming on the show tonight. Uh, Art Peterson's been listening. Uh, he's also a valuable contributor from time to time. Uh, as I would like to summarize the show this evening uh, regarding the harvesting of the workforce and the speed-ups in the plants. To a person, I believe I heard you say that the international union is not providing education for the local union shop committee and committees that will help them to deal best with management when it comes to the issues of the members in the plant. And that's why they're elected. So uh, do I have agreement that that was a consensus uh, on that particular issue tonight? Yes. Yes. 
Okay. Uh, so, again, we have the uh, International Union deficient yet again. So, President Dennis Williams, Treasurer Gary Castillo, Vice President um, Jimmy Settles, Norwood Jewel, <laughs> my favorite name, and, of course, we have Cindy Estrada out there who have deficiencies in our show this evening. So, uh, having said that, if you found value in this show tonight, just please tell one other person to come on the show. And again, thank you to each and every one of the contributors tonight. These folks have a lot of experience. There is virtually no question that they or anyone on this show cannot answer or get you an answer. Our email address is working for a living at workingforaliving.com. There's no G's and the number and four is a number. So working for a living, no G's, the four is a number. Okay, working for a living at workingforaliving.com. We monitor that and if you have a question, com, com, comment or concern, please let us know. With that said, I'll say good night on behalf of the guests Jeff Brown, Terry Crowell Norris, Roberta Gaynor, Thank you for listening, everyone, and good night.